The Lord of murder shall perish, but in his doom he shall spawn. Chaos will be sown from their passage. So saith the wise Londo. Hi there, welcome to Mages and Murder Dads episode 14. Playing Siege of Dragonspear, I'm Cameron. I'm Danny. I'm Kelsey. Whoa! <laughs> a third one. A th Hi. Yeah, so so Kelsey is uh um joining us for, for this episode. Uh you know, we said earlier in the in the season, in this unofficial season, that we were gonna have some guests. We were gonna mix it up, we we're gonna do all that kind of stuff. And here we are, we're mixing it up and we're doing all that kind of stuff. It's real. It, 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 well, that's a sweet hot rod that I just heard. I'm literally doing a wheelie. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Um, but yeah, Kelsey, do you want to like introduce yourself? I know you're a Baldur's Gate fan. I am. I am. My Twitter avatar is Imowen, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah, is my name. Um, but I'm Kelsey. I... I did stream friends. I'm the editor in chief on nerdybookflirty.com, um, and I work in a library. Candlekeep. <laughs> oh, oh man, you remember our opinions about that institution? I do. I oh, do. Man, no, mm -hmm. Candlekeep is bad. We're ideologically opposed. Is, is nice. Well, you're the you're the above the surface kind of worker. You're not responsible for the kind of stuff that happens below ground floor yeah i had no access to those maps <laughs> yeah did you know this is a complete aside that's just about candle keep but it's definitely the kind of content that uh, mages and murder dads uh viewer listener is all about but uh uh forgotten realms canonically there's a dragon that lives underneath candle keep I dodged a bullet there didn't we we that's just cool. kind of zipped around it i guess <laughs> he, he was sleeping I guess, or he wasn't. We just didn't go down that that branching pathway. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, he couldn't get past the basilisk. That's that's the <laughs> the problem. Ah, uh, dragon's greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. Being turned to stone. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out. We'll find out about that in Baldur's Gate two. Mm-hmm. In like eight years. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, right here at the top, like I say in literally every episode, you should do these things in this order. You should follow me on Twitter. You should hit like and subscribe on our channel here. You can follow Kelsey on Twitter now. I'll put that in the in the little link at the in the description. Uh, you can support the show on Patreon, and you can click the little link to go to Facebook to like our Facebook page. Lots of people have been doing that. That's really helpful. We really appreciate it. Uh, I've gotten that down to like a, a science. You have. We're pretty good at that now. Mm -hmm. And by we, I mean I. Yeah, sure. So, Kelsey, uh, everyone is familiar with our characters. There's Ticklevar, yes. the, the state-based uh, lover of law and order who doesn't realize he's becoming a god, and uh, Balthazar, the, the murder man. <laughs> <laughs> Charitably, a murder man. So, so, what is your character? Mine is... Her name's just Kelsey, because that's what I do with everything. Mm -hmm. And she is a dragon disciple, which is an offshoot of the sorcerer. It's a new kit, and I've played Baldur's Gate 2 like a thousand times, so I was like, I'm just going to try a new kit this time. Mm -hmm. And I thought that one sounded really cool. <laughs> and it means that you also have dragon blood. So I don't know how that figures into your parentage, but whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Um. But she's a half-elf, and she's at level 9 right now. And anytime she can be sarcastic, she is. So there's, like, ample opportunity for sarcasm in Siege of Dragonspear. Yes, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> she's And she's level 9, so is she also doing a solo run? No, no. Oh. Uh, I have a full party. Okay. And I, I did for all of Expanded Edition, or uh, Enhanced, right? Yeah. Yeah, Enhanced Edition. And I also want to point out that I'm playing on story mode, uh, which basically means that you can just click on an enemy and they are dead. Oh. 
So you've done so, every quest. Yes. <laughs> mm. So I don't have to deal with any of the combat nonsense that you guys have to go through, which is really nice because, I mean, I can do the combat. I've done it before. Um, but if you don't want to, then you can just hit story mode on the enhanced edition and you don't have to bother with it. <laughs> and if you me... want the full combat experience, you can just listen to Mages and Murder Dad and exactly. hear Kunzelman <laughs> just like bemoan Ticklevar's existence and you get the full <laughs> the full experience. I mean, I get it if you don't like slamming your hand in a car door over and over again. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me, the guy who likes slamming his hand in a car door. You know, different strokes for different folks. I just don't want to reload 47 times. I love it. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I've gotten, like, muscle memory now of hitting the, the, the load button. It's probably to the point where you've, like, beaten a boss and just by reflex reloaded without saving just because that's, like, what you're used to. Yeah, that, like, classic uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater way of hitting reset. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I've been down that path. So, uh, so Kelsey, what's your party right now, then? Uh, right now, I'm trying to stay as close to canon as I possibly can. Um, the canon being the party you end up with in Baldur's Gate 2. Mm -hmm. um, so right now I have Minsk, Dinahar, and then they won't let you have Imowen. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have Safana, the thief girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had to take two new people because I tried to take Viconia, but I'm too nice. So she just left. Um, <laughs> She's like, I can't deal with this anymore. I got to go. <laughs> my reputation is like in a hole in the ground. It's like nine. <laughs> Mine is 18. Oh, too good. <laughs> and um, so then I have Corwin, the lady mm -hmm. archer they give you at the beginning. And McKinn, who we meet in this chapter. Yeah, I also have McKinn. I, She's cool. I really like McKen. I Me think too. that's a very weird character. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess we can talk about that. So this, the beginning of this chapter, uh, at the end of last episode, we left Baldur's Gate because there was the, the, the march toward Dragonspear. And we uh, get to, I don't know, we get like halfway or something. It, it's very unclear about like why we stop here as opposed to anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, because this is right before we... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, this is right before plot important stuff. Yeah, sure. So, uh, but yeah, so there's just like a camp, and we're just making camp here and wandering around. And so you can get uh, a couple different characters here. Um, you can get a guy named Baylor, mm -hmm. Bayloth, Baylor, something like that. Baylor, yep. Uh, so you can get him. You can get a thief of some sort there's like a, a gnome that was running around and i did not want to uh, i didn't want the guy in my party he was like too funny i don't need that in glint. my life glint <laughs> glint that's right glint so i said no to glint but i did get mckin who is yep. who is a goblin shaman which is also a new kit i think right yes oh so in order to get mckin you've got uh you got to do a little side quest right you gotta do a little side quest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we can talk which is the same that. way you get baylor yeah, that's right. Yeah, same old, same old side quest, and we will talk about that side quest because really, this entire chapter, short of one plot-oriented thing, is just side quest. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah, I think you could probably. I think we were talking about before we started recording. I think you can basically get past the plot of this section in less than five minutes if you wanted to. I, I feel like you could. I don't know. I didn't try. I, yeah. I went through 80 hours of dungeon delving, <laughs> which, we will, which we will talk about because Christ on the cross, what a bad time. <laughs> Just, oh my God. I, That's I, why you need story mode. <laughs> if, I, if, I have, if I wasn't so far, if I hadn't already crushed my hand in that door, <laughs> I, would, I would be on story mode. You've got nothing point. left to lose at this point is the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like kind of in a broad view kind of way here at the top, I feel like all the things I said in last episode about Siege of Dragonspear and in the episode before that about like design decisions that I like and don't like, um, this game is doubling down on design decisions I don't like. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna cross that bridge when we get there. Oh, but I think God. that before we <laughs> Oh yeah, look at this pun work happening. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry but... I called it out mid pun, but <laughs> Yeah, I know. But uh before we like get to kind of the side quest content, let's just get the like plot important stuff out of the way. Cause you, you start at this camp, 
you are told, hey, you know, before we head out, you can scout around. And I think Corwin says, hey, you want you want me to come with you or at least me? And I was like, no, I, I want no one to come with me and I, I'll like scout ahead. Mm-hmm. And so you can just go up the road a little bit and you come to a bridge and there's there and a thing happens there. Well, yeah, just tell Just do the whole story then. Yeah, you so, don't have to pitch um, it. Back. I appreciate the the throwing it back to me here, but yeah. you can just <laughs> you just have, you want nothing to do with this section. Okay, nope, that's fine. I'm good. <laughs> um, so yeah, you get up to the bridge, and a little cutscene happens, and there's just a ragtag group. It looks like one of those like mercenary bands from the first game. You got some gnolls, you got like an ogre, you got you got some folks, some people, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and there's a ragtag group, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's that it's that guy, it's Balthazar, and he's not he's not accompanied with anybody. Um, what do we do?" And someone freaks out on the other side of the bridge and throws a fireball. And like there's some friendly fire situations that happen, and you have to fight these uh, these people. You have to fight these uh, you know Kalar Argent Crusaders. Mm-hmm. But what do they do to the? Uh... The structure that they're standing on, Danny. What happens? Well, the the bridge is uh, is asundered. It's it's struck in twain. Hmm. Hmm. Where, where uh, and betwixt those two pieces, <laughs> there is naught but air. <laughs> Correct. Uh-huh. Correct. It, it is it is impassable. Mm-hmm. Um, they blow up the bridge. They blow <laughs> the the bridge is not. It's not there. There's a lot of there's a lot of movies made about that, and. Uh, so anyway, after a timer, I guess, or maybe when you kill somebody, I don't know. I killed one person, and then Kalar like butts in. And do you remember what Kalar's like? Uh, what the gist of that conversation was? Please don't kill them. That party is sad. <laughs> They've died a number of times already today. Is that what she said? What? No, she doesn't say that. She <laughs> okay. says, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm an Asimar. Um, I, uh, I'm not a child of Ball. Okay, uh, and already I'm going to stop you there. Because remember when, at the very first, when we started Siege of Dragonspear, I said, if she's not a Ball spawn, it's going to be a really big deal that she's not a Ball spawn. Mm-hmm. Because it is telegraphed so heavily, she's mm-hmm. a Ball spawn. Because they say it. Because they say it. Someone <laughs> says she's a Ball spawn. Yeah, in the opening, like a cinematic. narrative voice of the of the game, threw that out there. What if the narrative voice of the game is Duke Belt? <laughs> Have you it's thought entire, about that? It's entirely possible. So, but but it, the actuality is, oh, she's not a ball spawn, and it's totally like not a deal. Sorry, the the narrative person at the beginning of the game just got it wrong. I'm I'm actually a uh, an ASMR, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is like a um, it's a it's the the yang to the tiefling's ying. That's maybe the least helpful way of describing what that is. Although 100% accurate. It's 100%. So tieflings in Dungeons and Dragons are a, a species of person who have part humanoid, so like elf or human or whatever, and then part devil in their, in their blood, in their lineage. So ASMR are the opposite. They have solar, a solar's blood. Yeah, just like an angel or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the D and D word for angel. Mm-hmm. Um, big old, big old winged folk. And I think later in the series, we—I'm pretty sure—and Kelsey, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think we kill some Solars eventually. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That does happen. Yep. Buckle in for that. <laughs> so there, there are a few ways this conversation you have with Kalar goes. Kelsey, what was your conversation with Kalar Argent like? I basically said, you know, you don't have to do this. There's still time to turn back. Um, you know, you, and I th- I asked her wh- why she was doing it also. And then she explained her nuts plan. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, That's was, not going to work. <laughs> what, was the nu- what was the nuts plan? Um, she's going to ride into hell. And get all of the people who died in Dragon Spear and take them back out again. This and I was like, they're gonna be, they're not gonna be the same people for one thing, <laughs> and for another thing, that's never going to work. <laughs> this section of the game doubles down so hard on the like most nonsensical, <laughs> forgotten realms D and D ass narrative I've ever heard. Like it literally is like, all right, do you remember that very? Uh, obscure event 
from the Forgotten Realms official calendar. And you're like, no, I don't. And they're like, well, <laughs> let me tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. There were two dragon spear wars, and you see Mercul hold up in like dragon spear during the Tantris, the second book of the Avatar trilogy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And right, so like, oddly enough, those books that we did not continue reading <laughs> are deeply, deeply important for for. <laughs> this goddamn game i have all of those but i haven't read them yet oh you're not you're not missing a single thing (laughs) except why the dragon spear wars are important yeah yeah, so so, but it's just like this weird edge case of lore Mm -hmm. that in this conversation as kelsey has pointed out uh kaylar argent just makes it the most important thing in human history yeah and literally is using that to unite the north Right? Like, that's why the crusade is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just something everybody can get behind because those wars uh, killed so many so many people. So everybody's got a relative. Everybody's they went got to some. hell. <laughs> like, they're trapped in hell. Just universally. Yeah, when she, like, posed that, there was a part of me as, like, the player, mm-hmm. as Danny, that said, boy, that's a weird plan, and I, like, considered <laughs> choosing that. But as Balthazar, like, that that's not, that's not like, beyond the pale for Balthazar. Balthazar's reaction is, well, are, are you strong enough to do that? Are you really <laughs> tough? Are you tough enough to do it? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of went with it a little bit. But, yeah, it, uh, I think my first reaction <laughs> when she asked to parlay, I was like, "Your," it was, like, in all caps, you can answer, your words will not save you from my sword or something like that. And I felt like a real cool guy. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a 15-foot gap. Like, you could take a running jump and get over there <laughs> yeah. to, like, sword fight Kayla Arjun if you really needed to. Mm-hmm. And that water doesn't look that deep. Like, no. you could probably just wade across it. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, like... Narratively, we are being told this is the Mississippi River. <laughs> Visually, we are being told that this is like the creek behind your house. Yeah, like it's there's not... a little yeah, there's a little dissonance here. But um, I said I was just like because there are a bunch of options where you can just be deeply confused about the whole thing, and that's what Ticklevar chose every time. <laughs> it was like, well, are you sure they're in hell? Are are you sure they're there? Are, like I don't think that's right. So that's what I went with. And she just doesn't get annoyed or anything, but she certainly is like, you don't yet understand. And then she like went away. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went with. Fun. Well, so, that's one word for it. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to find another way around this river. Oh my God. You have to find another way. And the only other way is like 80 miles north. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the map, it seems like the the next... Uh, bridge is right beside Dragonspear Castle, so you probably should have went there anyway. Yeah. She was just doing us a favor. Yeah, so that's like all the story content of this chapter. <laughs> that's that's legitimately it. it. That's the whole thing, but yeah, so now we're heading to Boyerskir Bridge. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's where, where Ball died in Waterdeep, the mm-hmm. third Avatar trilogy novel. Convenient. So convenient. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have, like, 50 visions, I bet. Oh, it's going to be real. Something's going to happen there. I, what if not? What if we go in and it's like, hey, look, uh, pay the toll. And you're like, I don't want to. And <laughs> say, all right, that's fine. You're the hero of Baldur's Gate. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Peace. Yeah, two to one odds. That's. I mean, it's entirely possible. Um, so what did the two of you end up spending your time doing in this chapter then? Because this took me five hours. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I've got four hours and a half of uh, of recording time. Oh, yeah. maybe that's something. Saying really quickly, there will be Danny oh. video capture mm-hmm. for this episode. That's yeah. awesome. You've probably seen some already. Oh man, it's gonna. So you know, it's you know, it's Balthazar when you just see a solitary figure that's really blurry because he has a cloak of displacement <laughs> on. And he's just like a. It's just like a haze in the middle of the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, let's face it. This chapter is just the dwarves of Dumathoin. The dwarves of Dumathoin. <laughs> I did that last because I saw a cave and I was like, I know what's in there. I will explore everywhere else that I can before I come back to this cave. <laughs> Well, let's talk about some of the other stuff you can do then, because there are like some smaller side quests. And let's talk okay. about those first, because the Dwarves of Dumathoin literally took me, I would say, four hours, like mm-hmm. straight up four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah and it was just a nightmare but yeah yeah so um you want to talk about uh the the blackest pits or the blacker pits or whatever the heck it's called yeah i guess um in, up in the uh up in the, this is a callback to an expansion we did not play the black mm-hmm. pits mm-hmm. but up in the uh, north west corner of the map um you'll find a uh basically like a cockfighting ring and it literally um, is there's chickens fighting yeah it's bad um, and um this this dr- drow character who we're supposed to know from the black pits expansion is uh is coordinating this and the peasants the and the refugees feel very cheated because they were told that this would be some real elite gladiatorial fighting but it is in fact mundane animals mm-hmm. and and he will even like occasionally uh summon animals and he'll like say oh it's a it's a honey badger, honey badger. and it's and it's really just a squirrel I there's think, literally right? a honey badger joke mm-hmm it's painful yeah, it really ages the writing. Not necessarily the game, because by the time the game came out, that joke was no longer funny, right? It ages me 10 years <laughs> just having to hear it. It's like being level drained. Yeah, I, you know what? I got real life. Level drained IRL, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, how'd you, how did, uh, Kelsey, how'd you find this? Um, I don't like that character, that Baylor guy. He thinks he's very funny, and he's not. <laughs> Um, so I basically, I, I told him to quit this, you know, this is nonsense. Mm -hmm. And, um, I told him to let the girl go. And then there's no real option to tell him to just go away forever. So I just sent him back to camp. (laughs) Yeah. I thought I would have an option to slay him Mm. to be like, I don't, I don't appreciate any of this. Because yeah, so you can you can free McKin, mm-hmm. who is this like goblin shaman uh, woman, who is like the most dry. The read of the lines from the voice actor for McKin is very strange. Hmm. Because it's like yeah, a she's raspy. Very, yeah, and not a lot of emotion either. And I don't know yet if that's like an actor choice or or what. Yeah, I have no idea. But you can summon, like, a ghost snake to fight people with. And that's pretty cool. Mm. Because she, cool. like, she does, like, a shaman dance. That's her thing. Also, she has a, a non-fire fireball that she can shoot. Well, what's it made out of? Spirit juice. Spirit <laughs> ball. It, it is spirit ball. I, like, in my mind, I was calling it spirit bomb the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, so that was okay. That's cool. But yeah, so there's the blacker pits. Um, you can like collect some uh, stuff for one of the refugees. Um, he has a when his house is burned down. I think it's a halfling. It's his inn mm. burned down. It's yeah, his it's business. his inn. Yeah, it's his business. And uh, I feel really dumb because I did that quest. So I like collected a mirror that three times a day can identify something. You know how awesome that would be for Balthazar, but no. Yeah. I gave it to this guy along uh, with like a cool shield that which you get from a from another side quest that we'll talk about and some other thing and he gave me a a dart that returns to you when you throw it and it like has a 10% chance of lowering an enemy's armor class. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's real depressing. I picked up that mirror that identifies th- things 3 times a day and I was like I'm never giving this up. <laughs> This is the best item in the game. Yeah, it might be. Oh, I couldn't boy. find the sword, so I'm walking around with the mirror and the shield. I'll have to go back and find yeah, it. Yeah, I did not even look for the other two things. I was like, well, all right, sweet mirror. Yeah, the shield was the really the hard thing to get because the uh, in order to get that, well, Kelsey, how, how did you get the shield? Um, so when I, when I left to go to the other bridge, I saw the other wilderness that you could explore i was like oh i'll go do that instead because i always do the thing that i'm supposed to do last Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so i went over there and i found the two people who are hunting the vampire Mm. and i just um went and made a sandwich until it was dark (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i came back and then the vampire was like why are you even trying to kill me and i was like 
why are you even trying to kill them? And they didn't tell me. So me and the vampire killed them together. I took the shield off their body. <laughs> no, that was the same thing Balthazar did. Yeah, these two yeah. vampire hunters um, were like, hey, we're killing a vampire. And I said, hey, that's that's a that's a halfling shield. He, he, he wants that back. Yeah, I said that too. And, and they said, well, look, we definitely need this more than a halfling does, which I thought was pretty racist. And it's, it's messed up. And mm-hmm. uh, and so they said, well, look, help us with this vampire and I'll give you the shield. So I come back after after dark and it's exactly right. During the confrontation, the vampire says, look, you don't have anything to do with this. Do you even know why they're trying to kill me? And I said, and like Balthazar's been tricked probably 20 times in this <laughs> gosh darn game he's a deeply trickable character yes <laughs> and uh and i asked him well hey why are we killing this vampire and they don't even answer the yeah. the vampire hunter is just like well look if you're not with us you're against us and they, they just attack me so are you telling me you got george w bushed <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well fool me once <laughs> shame shame on Dick Cheney me one time, shame on you. Dick Cheney me <laughs> twice, shame on me. Yeah. Um, Colin so Powell yeah. is the only man with that uh, from that administration with integrity. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man, bringing the hot content. I um, know. Look, uh, we've had uh, Kelsey. I don't know if you watched our Destiny video, and this is for everyone else to watch it. But there's a long form, uh, divergent conversation about George Herbert Walker Bush. Oh, okay. That everyone should go check out. I'll put the link mm-hmm. for it right here. Yeah, it was so compelling that the first comment on that video was, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that deep cut for the Mages we, uh, and Dads. Audience. We see on the way over to the zone with the vampire, I, I met Ski, though. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Ski's still being a, a precocious little kid that doesn't that doesn't want her uh, her dad to know about her. Is she in the first... Because I never met her in the the, for the Baldur's Gate. Yeah, the tail end, if you're walking around the Ducal Palace after uh-huh. uh, Saravok runs away, and if you go up into the second level, this is at the very end of the first Baldur's Gate, at yeah. least in the Enhanced Edition. I don't remember if this is the case in non-Enhanced Edition, but she is walking around. Oh, okay. And she says, like, hello. Like, yeah, I didn't know who she was, and I told her. She's like, you don't remember me? I'm like, No. <laughs> Yeah, in the last episode, uh, we talked about how many times, and I've made a supercut, in fact, of how many times she says the word daddy, mm. and I was expecting to make more supercut content, but she doesn't say it a single time here. Mm. It was a real acting choice in those lines. It's like uh, it's like the first few episodes of Rick and Morty versus the last few, where you had Rick Sanchez just kind of like tone down the amount of times he said, Morty, Morty, Morty. Maybe 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 the voice actress was told to like kick the daddy down a notch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's maybe a little bit too much. It's like eighty percent more daddy than we need <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the Baldur's Gate universe. I mean, it's already a pretty daddy focused series. <laughs> true, it's true. One might say exclusively daddy focused. <laughs> really, um, Councilman, I think you wanted to talk about these humming stones, though. Best quest in the game so far. Oh, really? No question. Yeah, there's this uh, prin, this person hanging out, and it's like these big Stonehenge-style standing stones. they got some runes on them and all kinds of stuff. And uh, you can just walk around and hum and sing at them. There's six on the map. You just walk around, and then eventually uh, you find out that there was a, a bard named Kramus, and he was trapped in the stones. And he had a um, his, his, like, Romeo and Juliet-style... Uh, lover was named Carline, and she was betrothed to an evil mage, and the evil mage didn't like Kramus, right? That kind of fantasy mm-hmm. fantasy side quest story. And uh, But yeah, so they're like both dead, and they're both kind of trapped here. But what I really liked about it is that um, you can... Uh, Carline shows up, so the spirit of Kramus like, coheres in front of you, and you're having this conversation with him. And then Carline shows up, and you can say, uh, I have Dinah here in my party. And I was able to, oh, no, 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 uh, McKinn I had in my party. And I was mm-hmm. able to say, hey, McKinn, can you help me calm down this ghost? Because Carline was saying she was going to kill everybody. Mm. And then McKinn was like, yeah, be calm, ghost. And then it worked <laughs> out. She was. Fun. Yes. I know. I, I was able to do that with um, with a riddle at some point, too. Yeah, I did that with Dinahar. Um, yeah, what was the I riddle did... for? I don't even remember. It was just one of the... 
one of the stones when you sang to it also has to do a riddle, I think. Oh, okay. But um, I had to just calm her down with just me because McKinn wasn't in my party yet. Um, but she calmed down once I said, you know, it's him. Look at him. Mm-hmm. It's clearly not the wizard. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. Could have been. Yeah, I failed the riddle and a shadow fiend spawned and drained my level. And then I had to take five of my actual minutes in my life to walk down to the camp and then get greater restoration and then rest. This is really preparing us for Baldur's Gate (laughs) 2. And the immense amount of level drain that appears at the very beginning of that game. Mm -hmm. No, it's real. You know what's another good thing about story mode? You never get level drain. Oh, (laughs) blasphemy. (laughs) Really throwing it in my face here. Well, I think in order to talk about, I, I, I think a lot of the next chunk, this next big quest we're going to talk about, which is the Dwarves of Dumathoin, mm-hmm. comes when I are going to be talking about combat encounters. But Kelsey, I want you to give us your overall impression yes. of what this quest was like in story mode. So just like narratively speaking, mm-hmm. what, how, how did you feel about it? What did you like about it? What did you think the strengths and weaknesses are? Yeah, let let us know. Okay. Oh, now? Okay. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I no. Like in two weeks, I want you to like really sit with it for a little while. I, oh, like I didn't know really if we were going to do this. Is going to be a two parter. <laughs> yeah, the second part is just this, <laughs> yeah. but in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, right now. Okay. Uh, can I just talk about Ophelis real quick because he's really funny? Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, we forget about Ophelis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Ophelis is the guy who... Uh, lost all of our money. <laughs> lost every single bit of money that we have, yeah. I had 115,000 gold. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's a real nightmare. Real piece of garbage, that Ophelis. Yeah, we, in the episode that is not out yet, but will come out soon, this week, because we're recording, we record a little bit ahead of time, uh, we probably talk about Ophelis for 15 minutes. Oh, perfect. And about like, the weirdness He's my favorite of part of this so far. Yeah. Okay, sorry, so... Um, did you guys get a gold bust from him? Yep, and I got an achievement for getting a gold bust of <laughs> my <too>. own body. <laughs> I was laughing so hard, but so now I'm just carrying this around. And I really want to like put it somewhere, but <laughs> oh. I don't. I wish I could decorate. <laughs> yeah. So Ophelia shows up. He's like, "I'm real sorry, y'all, that I lost your like small country's worth of wealth, but uh, here's like gold bust, and I immediately sold that thing." <laughs> oh, how much is it worth? Three hundred gold. Oh, that's, I mean, <laughs> great return yeah, so on investment. When he when he came up to me, I was like, "Oh, he's got it. He's got it. Great." Because I, I don't have that much gold now because there's not a lot to sell yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't even buy mead when I was in Baldur's Gate. Like, Whoa. I wanted to buy some mead and I had nothing. So I'm like, "Oh, perfect." And then he gives me the head, and I just I had to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I... but I mean, I guess it's good balance. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why this makes any sense because I have an entire gym bag full of gems. Mm-hmm. And so I just sold them all in this chapter and made like 15,000 gold and then bought a bag of holding with yeah. that money. Nice. Yeah. The bag of holding is where it's at. Yeah, I love it. It's real good. Mm-hmm. And that's not in Baldur's Gate 2, right? Like that's in it, it is. It is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't think that, that it carries. I don't necessarily know if that loot carries over, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to find out. We will. Okay. But yeah. Oh, Phyllis. <laughs> but He's yeah, good. so the the dwarves of Dumathoi and Kelsey hot takes. Okay, so obviously whenever you're going to go into a cave in Dungeons & Dragons, you know that there's going to be a big dungeon down there. And I don't particularly like big dungeons. <laughs> um, but in story mode, they're all right. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to... It just feels very... Combat for me is annoying because I just want to get to the next story part. So mm-hmm. story mode is great for me. But um, this was all right. Like, there's a couple things in there. Um, like, the the big laboratory is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not immediately clear what's happening in there. Especially if you don't go in, like, the proper order, I guess. Um, yeah, so there are, on that second level... There are kind of two puzzly sections, I would say. Yeah. I think that's that's accurate. But the first, the, so I, I found that there was like a real split in design between the first level and the second level. 
Because the first mm-hmm. level, so like the way you find this cave is there's a there's a dwarf outside, a mercenary by the name of Darren Highhammer, and he's fighting off some zombies. And after you kill the zombies, you can talk to Darren, and he says, "Oh my gosh, it's the cave's been overrun." And in that conversation, you find out this is the most cowardly mercenary. That has ever lived. <laughs> He's he been was, up and down the Sword Coast a million times, bro. He thought this was going to be nothing. <laughs> and and he then, said, I think he says like 80. I'm like, that is a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of times. He's uh, They live to be pretty old, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's not <laughs> as, as experienced as he is. Still, no integrity. He was hired for a job. And he and he he left. He, he like did. He bailed. Yep. Um, so you can go inside and there are you know, a handful of dwarves in there. One of them by the name of Brother Auckland Deepvane. And they're fighting off zombies and you can help them kill zombies. And you find out that, oh, they're like head cleric Gurn Cold, Cold Hearth. Some fantasy-ass dwarven names. Yeah. <laughs> Gurn Cold Hearth uh, is lost somewhere in the depths of the, uh, of the cave. And they need to find uh, this Gurn fellow. So this first level is just a series of rooms with monsters, and there's just no gimmick whatsoever to any of these rooms. And it's a lot of, like, undead creatures, but also some, like, maggots and such. Uh, Well, let's take a minute to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that there is a friendly hill giant. Etten, right? He's so sweet. I love him. No, I think it's a hill giant because Ettons have two heads. Oh, that's right. Um, But, uh, yeah, and he's, like, real cool. And Darren literally says he's super cool because a mountain fell on his head. He tells you that. Really? Yeah, he says at the beginning. Darn. Mm -hmm. So there's some real, like, um, Linny-style gentle giant stuff that's kind of weird going on there that gets glossed over, I think. Yeah, that was so glossy I completely slid off. I did not even... Mm -hmm. I don't think we had that conversation. Oh, I delighted me. We're we're really... um, uh, we're getting our, our own fantasy style language here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so he's just like, you can go rescue him. And I really like that. He was like, thanks. He's like, all my dwarf bros are dead. And you're like, dude, they're in, they're literally 10 feet over there. <laughs> they're in the other room. And he was like, oh, sweet. And there's like a, a really nice, like little scripted event of them, like meeting each other again. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I like I that. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like somehow a lot. He's adorable. Um, but in this first level, you do meet your your old friend, Level Drain, or your new friend, kinda. Um, and uh, every time Balthazar was level drained, even once by a by an undead enemy, I had to walk all the way back to the camp and no. pay and pay for a restoration because it's just Balthazar, and like I can't beat these fights with two levels gone. Um, I guess for the uninitiated, level drain is like negative energy from certain undead creatures and Dungeons and Dragons will actually de-level your character. So you will be effectively, like if you were level 9, now you're level 7. And you have the hit points of a level 7, and you have the like mathematical bonuses of a level 7. And the spells of a level 7. And, a, and the spells of a level 7. And it is just like utterly crippling and i think that in like default in like old school dungeons and dragons you would just like get the experience penalty and like in a lot of situations there you couldn't get it back that that was just mm-hmm. resources that were drained from you good luck yeah it, would, yeah it would be hard you would have to like find a priest or whatever and if you read through older modules and things like that priests are kind of hard to come by yeah so one and what probably the least fun mechanic ever like it's 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 difficult to because all it's doing is just draining my time as a player so i never nothing else i never got greater restored whoa yeah so i like i think viconia was level four at one point through this dungeon like i just i just brute forced my way through it that's impressive (laughs) wow i didn't know that there was a priest in the camp that could restore (laughs) you i just thought you had to get through it um, no one's ever accused me of being like a, a, a wide-minded experimental player here. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's harder. I guess I just have to play twice as long. Yep, yep, that's what happened. But here's an interesting thing: when you do the entire mission, like mm-hmm. when you finish the whole thing, you can talk to one of the dwarven priests, and he will greater restore you for one gold. Ooh, he will do all of the priest stuff for one gold each. Nice. Yeah, that's oh, pretty good. That is nice. So yeah, that leads us to so you clear out the first level. You Did you guys find, find mm-hmm. the bard's corpse? 
we oh. did. That's, that's great. Yeah, Cromus's. So when when you talk to Cromus the ghost, he says, "Hey, I was buried in a, a tomb or something um, over here." And then at the edge of the thing, like it, it reveals a new little area to you, and it says, "If Cromus hadn't told you about this, you wouldn't know anything about it." Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, so you get a hat that only bards can wear. You get boots that anyone can wear, and then like a, a sweet medieval guitar that only bards can use. Mm-hmm. I so, felt punished for doing this quest. <laughs> <laughs> the boots are nice. Yeah, and um, I think that the hat was um, one of the writers. Like she has that hat in real life, and I think they put that in there for her. Hmm. Well. She must be a bard. It's not in there yeah. for me, let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were a bard, that would be a treasure trove. It's true. That really would be. But I don't think there's a sorcerer's treasure trove in this game, is there? <laughs> Probably not. I'm mm. a sorcerer, too. <laughs> yeah. We got we to gotta mm. find that. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so otherwise, pretty simple first floor. Like, that's a first floor you could find in any... I, I, you would not be surprised to like find that randomly in the in the wilderness of like just a Baldur's Gate, right? Yeah, of like Baldur's Gate one. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a cave, and there's like a few things in that level, but there's a second level called the Repository of Undeath, which automatically <laughs> like alarms are going off. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and it is the number one most metal uh, <laughs> metal album cover name. Of uh, of all of Baldur's Gate, Secret yeah. Dragon Spear, and this is just straight up Durlag's Tower prologue dungeon stuff. I like that. That is the absolute like bottom crevasse of uh, design for you is Durlag's Tower. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna I know that Kunzman and I talked just briefly before this. I don't think Kunzman has a very positive um, outlook on what this dungeon was mechanically. I kind of, it won me over. It, like, it was tough, but it won me over. So I think we're going to get to this. But So yeah, it crosses off all the, all like the checks that the prologue had. Mm-hmm. These rooms with encounters that are just hard as nails. They are set piece encounters yeah. that are meant to be taken as like an, uh, not as um, like speed bumps along the way to a conclusion or a big set piece. They are a set piece in and of themselves. Every yeah. fight. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. every fight is as hard. There was no, like, fight that was like, oh, that fight was easier than this other fight. They all felt at the same, that the same, to use, like, um, some language we talked about in episode 12, the same CR level. Like, yeah. they were all just right there. One of which, there was only one enemy, the Bronze Sentry, which... I hope Kunzelman includes this footage because after Balthazar kills the Bronze Sentry, I pause, go to the character tab, and double check what the most difficult enemy I'd ever killed was because <laughs> I was certain that he would usurp the Demon Knight. Like, that's how hard that wow. fight was. Yeah, it was two shotting every single one of my characters. <laughs> and so I had to, like, haste everybody and then run, like, a complex Benny Hill kind of situation. <laughs> Of, like, getting one person hit and then running away and getting one person hit. And if you go too far in one direction, there's a whole other encounter that you run into. So it's, mm-hmm. like, running backward. In the room before that, there's a trap with cloud kill attached to it. And I couldn't run into that shit. So I had to, like, <laughs> run around the edge of the room. Cloud kill is the worst. Cloud kill is, uh, well, when I get and cloud kill, it's going to be great. But <laughs> Yeah. Any area effect spell. Yeah. Playing in story mode, my worst annoyance is web. Because that still affects me. So I'm just, like... You know, you have to wait real and minutes, you, and you <laughs> yeah. can't you can't rest. You can't rest through right. it, right? Yeah, which is just like in real life. Because when I'm when I'm camping and I'm trying to sleep, and I know there is a spider web fifteen feet away outside my tent, can't rest, <laughs> can't. It's a simulation. It's, it's the most Gygaxian <laughs> thing uh, in the whole whole game. Yeah, no, totally. But yeah, so it had. Those kind of encounters, you had to like collect some scepters to put into a pool, and you could uh, you could use these uh, potions, and you could pour them into the pool to like see visions. And this like was a scrying part. pool. This was pretty cool, and you got a pretty nice chunk of experience for each time mm-hmm. you looked at the scrying pool. And you had three choices: you could look at Kalar, you could you could snoop in on the hooded figure, and you could also check in on Imowen. 
when you did these things. Yeah, so Kelsey, which one did you do first? I bet I can guess, but... Emmeline. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What, what happened in that uh, in that thing? Um, we went back to the, the palace, and she's learning magic from... It's one of the Grand Dukes, right? I can't remember her name. The not belt and not... Uh, we the, called her Jessica of... for a while. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah Duke <laughs> so Jessica. she's learning magic from Jessica, and she's like, oh, I can't concentrate, and it doesn't seem like I should be doing this when Kelsey's out, you know, adventuring. Mm-hmm. And Jessica's like, well, this is important, too, and, you know, you have a lot of potential in you, and then, you know, Emma finally focuses and can do some magic theoretically it fades to black before the magic happens true i just assumed i guess i did too but i'm like you think the game would be like yeah she can do magic missile now great work wasn't there like a little shield that appeared in front of her or something i'd have to go to the tape and i'm not going to do that right now (laughs) okay uh but really interesting to me so uh much like danny did i dropped Immowen as soon as possible in Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition. Baldur's Gate 1. I have only spoken to Immowen throughout these games when the game has made me speak to Immowen. That's it. Like, Immowen will be part of my party in Baldur's Gate 2, because I do like that kind of canonical party. We'll talk about that in 10 years when we get there. (laughs) Yeah, but but, so, but in this um, uh, scrying kind of thing that we're watching. Imowen is like talking about the deep friendship that her best friend is out adventuring <laughs> and all that. And I just love the like personalized narrative mm. that comes out of that is that Imowen believes that we have a deep, deep, close emotional <laughs> connection and Ticklevar does not care about her <laughs> at all. And it's just like, yeah, that's the, I guess I grew up with that girl, didn't I? I guess she's my quote unquote sister. So. Yeah. And you actually had her in your party for an, an amount of time. For like a couple of minutes, yeah. For a couple of minutes, whereas I don't think that uh, Balthazar ever had her in her party. Or yeah, if she if she forced herself into my party, I immediately dropped her. Because you were I like to do the whole on thing the coast solo. way. Yeah. You're on the coast way, and you were like, "Hey, uh, I'll be right back. Give me just two minutes. You wait right here. Wait right beside the sign." And then you just never came back. Yeah. And she can't even go back to Candlekeep because she didn't have a book. Yeah, she made well, a bad choice. She did. She did in that universe. Um, although, you know, knowing what we know now about Candlekeep may be the right choice. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could also look at Kalar. I thought this was the least interesting scrying pool. Same. Just look, looking in at Kalar because it was more or less just a rousing speech from a politician that said nothing. There were no policy specifics in this speech. I wonder if this was designed before the um, before the uh, bridge scene that we saw mm-hmm. or or if they were written kind of concurrently because it is her just restating exactly what she told us on the bridge. Yeah. And so I wonder if you can be like profoundly negative on the bridge, maybe, and just like refuse to ever speak with her, and you don't get any of that Dragon Spear Wars kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this is a way of assuring that you'll see mm-hmm. some of that before it comes. Like, because I agree, there's like, it's just restating things that we already know. I do think this is visually very interesting. There's like a million enemies on screen at one time. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. And like, d- the amount of sprites that they can put on screen now, as opposed to the old Infinity engine. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's the same engine, but with computers being more powerful now, I guess they can put more sprites in and feel more confident that the computer could handle it. But um, like even in the first, you guys probably talked about this, but there's so many people in Baldur's Gate in the first part of the game. It's amazing. Yeah. It really feels difficult to walk through a town. Like I think it would in, if it was a real town. Yeah, no, I really love all of that. And yeah, I mean, now that we have more than 32 megabytes of RAM, I guess that, that it's probably better. But yeah, I just love it. And I like that it's like a bunch of different kinds of sprites. Like almost it looks like it's been randomized in some ways. So, you know, there's like hobgoblins and there's humans and there's dwarves. And I liked all of that a, a lot. Yeah, I do have to think, though, that every time we see a large, diverse group, it is a bad thing. In, in Baldur's Gate, it is 100%. Yeah. Like every time you're able to unite the multiple races of demi-humans, you are up to no good. <laughs> And yeah. like the state, it is like either okay, you've got the crusade, or you've got these like pan, you know, pan racial, pan ethnic, uh, like mercenary bands that are just like 
hiring their services out to whomever, even the Iron Throne, right? Yeah, there is no good story of cosmopolitanism in (laughs) Baldur's Gate. Like, you just can't be, like, there's no Morocco, right? Yeah. So, uh, I agree. It does not paint a good picture. Yeah. But, so, yeah, that that was kind of other than the the aesthetics and... and, uh, and the crowds, which, like we said in the last episode, that uh, leaving Baldur's Gate uh, scene was super cool. I think that was this was mm-hmm. cool in that. But I do think the the one that stole the show was the hooded figure and like the weirdness of this cutscene. So, so what happened in that cutscene, Councilman? Oh yeah. So this is a. I mean, we didn't uh, we don't have in the show notes, but the guy's name uh, that he's talking to is Heffernan. Mm-hmm. And so Heffernan, we learn about. Heffernan is like the number two to Kalar Argent. Yeah. And he's like, he kind of looks like a blood elf from World of Warcraft, honestly. Yeah. He's got like long blonde hair. He's got pointy ears. He's kind of got that kind of thing going on. And um, at some point in the game, someone told me about Heffernan and said that he is a priest, but he is a priest that that says he serves all gods. So he's a cleric of all gods. It's, it's kind of unclear what that means. I forget. Someone told me about this in conversation uh, in the game somewhere. And so, yeah, so we this thing with the hooded figure is we see the hooded figure kind of like dimension door in. And he's talking to Heffernan. And they're having this like weird conversation about Heffernan serves their master. And it's clear that they're not talking about Kalar Argent. And then the hooded man's like, don't talk to me like an equal, punk. And that's kind of all he says, really. And yeah, and there's a away. little there's a little like weirdness because they're talking about the ball spawn and there is the implication that they are talking about you. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of, and you sense a like a possessiveness on each yeah. of their, like, so oh, yeah, it's almost yeah, yeah. like the Heffernan's like, hey, you can't call this guy. And the hooded figure's like, hey, I didn't do anything. I just talked to him. I didn't. And so both of these individuals are interested in you. And I just, this is one of my favorite narrative points in this game, is that the game is not, it's not this on-the-nose note that you read in your stepfather's chest that reveals everything. It leaves you in this ambiguity, like, of like this impending, this is all going to make sense. I, I, I really like this scene. Yeah. I, I think there's something really interesting about Baldur's Gate 1, and we've talked about this a few times, but Baldur's Gate 1 being a political thriller mm-hmm. that hinges on a mystery that's not really a very good mystery, mm-hmm. right? But, like, the political thriller aspect of, like, all the different Iron Throne things and all of that, like, that being really cool, and then Baldur's Gate 2 being a game that hinges on a mystery that actually really works as a mystery, mm-hmm. right? And And this is, like, truly the thing to check out in 10 years, right? Because this is going to come to bear, like, when we get to Baldur's Gate 2. But I don't it's think like, it's going to take you guys 10 years. <laughs> uh, you know, you, uh, you, I'm conservative with my estimates. Uh-huh. Also, you always slow roll, so you never disappoint. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, we've but, been talking about this for a while, and you said you didn't like this, and thus far, we, when we're talking about the Dwarves of Dumathoin, you have said, oh, you've like been, oh, I like that, I like this, I like that. So what is it that you don't like? Uh, about this like whole quest area thing yeah oh wait let me let me finish my thing oh sure so Baldur's Gate 2 big mystery Siege of Dragon Skater is trying to replicate that kind of mystery thing it Mm -hmm. seems like so far and I'm going to be very disappointed if it ends up being closer to Baldur's Gate 1 mystery revelation than Baldur's Gate 2 if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like I'm afraid they're going to mess it up yeah, I mean they just don't have a lot of room, right? Because yeah. the narrative space is so is so small. The well, narrative the, space the viewer is listeners don't between. know that though. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, uh, I just don't like. Uh, so yeah, so this repository of undeath, um, uh, second part of the the thing. Um, so it's all these set piece fights, and all these set piece fights basically have you going like room to room and collecting magical objects or basically like. Um, answers to riddles or answers to puzzles and then you do the puzzles and then uh it, it like ends up in a very pat ending right which is that there's a lich and you can literally use a magic object that helps you kill the lich and you click on the magic object and you beat the lich to death and then you find his um thing um what's phylactery. the phylactery. Yeah, phylactery. horcrux the, the horcrux <laughs> you find his horcrux 
and then uh, you go destroy it, and that that's the thing. Like it feels it feels very much like a three uh, like a Dungeons and Dragons three point five module that we have opened up to like a side quest in the middle. It does not feel like it is. It feels closer to the skeleton of a tabletop thing than it mm. does like a Baldur's Gate quest. If that makes sense. Hmm. My main annoyance with it was when you first walk down the steps, and then you're in a library. And you pick up four books, and they're all about liches. Exactly. And it's like, hmm, I wonder what happened to the dwarf. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it just it it ruins what could have been a pretty good surprise. Like if you got to the lab, and it was because you find like the burned out phylactery and stuff, and you're like, oh, okay. I th- I don't think you needed those books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Like uh, maybe that's it. That I I'm really glad you said that because I what I don't like is that, and whether this is on purpose or not. Is, is up for grabs, but I think that Baldur's Gate 1 had to trust the audience hmm. because of the way that those quests were designed and the way the writing was done. I do not think Siege of Dragonspear trusts me to be able to put two and two together, ever. Like mm-hmm. I, because like that's why those books are about liches are there, right? They're there. And for not you. even just one book. There's four books. Yeah, and each one <laughs> is the answer to a different kind of riddle, right? Or a yeah. puzzle that that exists, right? So it's like. I don't, uh, like, I think there's got to be a happy medium between, like, the complete random walking around that Baldur's Gate had, and then, like, the uh, hard as nails, there is one solution to this dungeon of Durlag's Tower, and I feel like Siege of Dragonspear is not hitting uh, the balance that I prefer between those two things. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, we've already talked about it, but you, you solve all the puzzles, you you kill all of the enemies, you get to this final room... And you see a dialogue between the newly arisen Gernhold Coldhearth mm-hmm. from a uh, from a ritual, and a lich. I, I can't remember if the lich himself had a name. I think it was just lich. Yeah, I think he was just a lich mm-hmm. because he was a part of the overmind of the Shadow King. Yeah, which I don't know. Is that is that in Baldur's Gate Two? Is the I Shadow can't... King in Baldur's Gate Two? I can't Not remember. That I remember. Okay. But anyway, so they have a brief conversation, and that Lich is like, hey, stay off the Shadow King's radar, dude. And Gurn's like, hey, I'm keeping his name out of my mouth. That's mm-hmm. 100%. You don't got to tell me about the Shadow King. I know about Shadow King. Um, so it's just very obvious that Gurn has just been raised as a, as a Lich. And then a quest icon comes up that says, oh, you should probably tell the other dwarves about this. And the reason why that quest thing comes up is so I like I immediately Balthazar immediately disregards that and goes down the stairs <laughs> mm-hmm. and you start a conversation with that guy and and the second option is well like it's a long story but it ends with me killing a dwarf lich <laughs> like I went with that yeah, option of course and uh, and he immediately uh, goes into combat and then contingency triggers yep and when contingency triggers like five different buffs go on this dwarf including like fire shield and ice shield and you cannot harm him like balthazar cannot hit this guy yeah he gets uh stone skin and then like greater malazan can hit you and yes. then time stop occurs yeah so like the first thing he does is like debuff balthazar like dispels all magic on balthazar and then he casts a spell that takes like 10 seconds to cast and then like i really love time stop this is the first time we've seen this spell Mm -hmm. in in the game series but when you pause in Baldur's gate it goes to grayscale and when uh when the when enemies cast time stop it goes to grayscale yeah except for them except for them yeah which is really cool Mm -hmm. but uh so anyway i tried that fight 12 times um without going back um i figured out that if uh this game still has the the bug where you if you initiate dialogue before they initiate dialogue with you it allows your character to walk to them Mm -hmm. and so i would then initiate dialogue right next to him and i was able to get like one hit in before the contingency uh triggered and on one time i got him to like 25 percent health because i critted him for like 60 Mm mm-hmm um, but then it goes up and he's just invincible. So yeah. this game like forces you to go back and get a trinket, which like dispels the his invulnerability basically. At which point he is super killable. I don't necessarily like that. That felt very gamey to me. And and um, 
until you find that, he just keeps respawning. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is annoying. Even even in story mode, because he still has all those buffs and he, like none of my characters could get through it. So I'm still trying to wail on him and trying to figure out this, like where I got to go to destroy this box. And, you know, I think he respawned five times before I figured it out. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And he was doing cloud kill every time. He oh, didn't yeah. do time stop for me, though, which is interesting. Yeah, the um, you know, it was really weird for me. So I like went to the dwarves and got the item to like dispel all his stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I got the flag. Oh, I didn't do that. So so I did that, and I got the flactory, and then it was like, basically I ran out of the magic item, but I had his phylactery in my hand, so he was gonna, he was respawning, but I couldn't run all the way back up to the top stairs in time to like get the new item, so I was kind of soft-locked in like, in, in between the respawn and uh, picking up the phylactery, and so what I ended up doing was like casting haste. Uh, putting Corwin, putting uh, the item in Corwin's hand, running Corwin all the way from the Lich's area to this, this is the most like garbage part of the whole thing. There is a, uh, like a broken portal to hell. Mm-hmm. Or to the elemental plane of fire. I the think. elemental plane. The elemental plane <laughs> of fire. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, the, and uh I, I will I will admit to spending a lot of time there thinking that eventually these waves of enemies that were spawning would go away, <laughs> and they didn't. So I fought, like, a bunch of salamanders and fire elementals. What's the worst is I clear I, I clear the whole dungeon. I do this, and I, I've read the, the little puzzle things, and I know from his diary that in order to destroy the phylactery, I'll need to expose it to, mm-hmm. like... Something not from the material flame, like the elemental plane of fire. It says it very explicitly. Yeah. But when I cleared the dungeon, the the like hallway to the area with the portal is pitch black. Like it's in this one yeah. room and it's in a corner. Yeah. And you just so I I it. spent forty five minutes like trying to like put this phylactery in other fires that weren't the fire I was supposed to put it in until I like. What it is is I went to map, and there's a checkbox you can hit when you hit M that says show borders. So it will show you if there's Mm -hmm. any non-contiguous areas. Like, Mm. it's very obvious if you haven't explored. And there was, like, one area in the pitch black that I did not, like, it it was not a wall. It was, like, it continued. Good God. Eventually, you go there, and you throw the phylactery in, and you kill the lich. But So what I had to do, so I have Corwin, who's hasted, running over there. Monsters would spawn, but I would just run to the middle immediately and then click on it and then destroy the phylactery. Mm-hmm. But it cuts into a cutscene that does not pause enemies. <laughs> so I had to try it two or three times while these salamanders spawn and just beat the crap out of my character while I'm waiting for this cutscene to finish and then run away. It was awful. It was <laughs> like they did not think. I, I am deeply displeased <laughs> with the design of that that part of the uh, the level in particular. I it's difficult for me to like measure it because there's a part of me that thinks that if this entire dungeon were plopped into a random place in like the southwest corner of the map in Baldur's Gate One, I don't think we would be as hard on it. I don't think I would have gone there. <laughs> I think I would have gone in and be like, this is way too hard. There's a lich here. I'm I'm going away. Uh-huh. I'll go like, talk to a cow or whatever and get equal amount of experience points. So I don't think either any, uh, any of the three of us did this, but I think that you can, instead of... Because we, after, you, uh, after you kill the lich, you can talk to uh, good old Brother Auckland, and he'll like, well, I'll swear my loyalty in the coming dragon spear conflict against mm-hmm. Kalar. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a way to solve this by getting Gurn Coldheath, the Lich, on your side instead. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, because when you talk to him, like I, I, oh yeah, he wants you to find those necklaces. Exactly, and, and I, I had them already, and I was like, no, you're not getting these. You're gonna do something nefarious with them. Yeah, um, yeah, I had a couple from the the priests just dying by themselves, mm-hmm. but I think you have to get all five of them. So you have to go kill everyone. Yeah, in order to actually complete it, because I was like, "Yeah, gotcha. I'll give you the ones I have," and he was like, "This isn't enough," and then he just aggroed me and, and attacked me. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, I didn't want to do that. I don't. I don't want a lich on my side. No, they're bad. 
Oh, they're so strong, though. Not that strong. Well, I'd, not that strong. But it, imagine how much more dangerous Balthazar would be if he could cast Time Stop. If he had a buddy, he had one buddy, and that buddy was a lich. No, Balthazar is is not buddy. I'm talking about if Balthazar could do it. Balthazar mm-hmm. will never have a buddy again. It's too annoying. <laughs> you know, if you know if there was a lich sidekick that he would like interrupt combat occasionally with dialogue, being like, "Hey, I want you to go find some necklaces for me," and then like threaten to leave constantly because you're not finding the necklaces. Oh God. Yeah, don't pretend like you had to deal with the struggle in a real way. <laughs> don't pretend like you had multiple party members leave while you're, like, hanging out in a mission. <laughs> like I did. That's literally what happened to me in a previous dimension. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's true. I guess mm-hmm. that's true. But that's it. That's that's all the stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. A, a lot of content in this uh, in this chapter. A lot of content or a lot of time spent doing that content? <laughs> a lot of a lot of time. I present that merely to you. So, how many chapters are in this DLC? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. I think it's eleven. I like. I think that's what it is. I briefly looked. Okay, but I can't remember now. It's not that long. Yeah. So and that was chapter eight that we just did, yeah. if I recall. Yeah, it was chapter eight. And as soon as you click on Boarskir Bridge, because I wasn't sure where this chapter ended. And so mm-hmm. I like clicked on Barskir Bridge to go to the next thing, and that triggers Chapter Nine. So there are thirteen chapters. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's all. That's all the content. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said at the top, um, if you enjoy the show, hit like and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. Go to our Facebook. Follow Kelsey on Twitter. You could you used to be able to follow Danny on Twitter, but you can't do that anymore. And you can support the show on Patreon for as little as. Like a dollar a month. There's nothing lower than that. They can't. Should, they can't like custom put a fraction of a dollar. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but they should spend like five dollars a month on it because this show's real good. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us, Kelsey. This was really. This fun. was great. Yeah, thanks. I love the podcast, so it was it was great to get the invite. It's so great to have like not only a super cool person, but a, a, a super cool person that is a fan. Those mm-hmm. are the best kind of super cool people. It's true, mm-hmm. and we and I am uh, like genuine. We say this every episode, but uh, genuinely impressed by the the people uh, who like the show and who comment on the show and who uh, share the show and all of that. Like, like we are deeply surprised every time, and and really grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. That is it. All right. Well, goodbye. Bye. Bye. So said the wise Londor.